0: Welcome back to the After Hours podcast. I'm your host Francisco Delator. Got Joey Prohaska with me today as the co-host, and we're joined with Jason Barry from the Blind Pig in Ann Arbor. Hello. How you doing today? Good, man. Good. That's awesome. Uh, yeah, we just pulled up, and they're doing some construction on the, the front of this, the front of the building, the street. So it's a perfect time because you know coronavirus and. All the establishments being closed down so yeah
1: we love it it's yeah. almost like we planned it but, <laughs> yeah yeah there's a major there's a lot of development in this area so from what I understand the water system is antiquated so they need to update it so they have to dig deep in the street and pull everything up and replace it and, yeah pretty right. major so.
0: oh wow sounds like a big renovation then yeah. yeah well Blind Pig is a music venue here in the heart of Ann Arbor um, yeah. how did you get into music
1: Well, when I was in first grade.
0: Okay. Take us way back. That's fine. I mean, I
1: think (laughs) Kiss Alive 1 came out around that time. And yeah, Kiss got me into this concept of, man, I want to play guitar, you know. Got me into wanting to be a musician like that. And then, yeah, you know, I'm just a music lover. And then I studied uh, classical guitar in college and then always wanted to be in bands and stuff. So right out of school, I went to Detroit and jumped into bands right away even before I graduated I joined a Detroit band and just got into the scene like that worked odd jobs and stuff and then uh, uh, you know waiter gigs and stuff out of college and then was doing um, rehearsals at night stuff like that had a really cool rehearsal space in Detroit at uh, Russell Industrial Center like it was cool and then um, but then as I got older like and I'm we're talking like you know 20 425 I needed to make some money and so I started to get like more serious jobs right trying to like tell myself oh no I'm still a musician but I just gotta get this bread and pay my rent you know and then uh, I got this one gig uh, selling the paper rolls that you put in cash registers yeah I print out your receipt yeah mm-hmm. there's this company in Troy now that does I think it's called discount paper still but they make the shit in the back so they can undersell anyone, right? Okay. So we would call Iran. There was this like sales force <laughs> that I was on. <laughs> We'd call all over the country, you know, getting the owners of gas stations and Burger King's and anyone who used cash registers, right? That was like the best paying gig that I had, right? But it took the most time. I had to drive there. It took an hour to get there, an hour to get back. Suddenly I was not, a mu- you know, a real musician anymore. I was just a guy who played guitar, you know? So that started to be this existential crisis. I'm still in band, I'm still trying to do my thing, you know, playing the blind pig, you know, stuff like that. And then uh, I got headhunted by Ford. It was crazy, it was just like suddenly, Hey, we'll pay you more than that to come do customer service at uh, the Renaissance Center in Detroit okay. yeah mm-hmm. so I jumped at that mostly because it would cut my drive time down I was like okay cool better money less drive time I can still be a musician you know but not really I think you have to be at the job at like 5 in the morning so that I can't do gigs,
2: you know what I mean. Yeah. You're still out from the night, before, right?
1: right. <laughs> five more, I'm just getting home. With five more. Yeah. So my first day on the job was supposed to be February third, nineteen ninety seven, and I woke up that day, and my friend, who was actually a drummer from Ann Arbor, coincidentally, who was also like hustling trying to do his thing, you know. He was supposed to come get me. <laughs> and then we were going to drive down the Renaissance. Or he's coming to get me like 4 30 in the morning or something. It was insane. And I've never been a morning person, anyways, let alone a musician trying to do this. So the very first fucking day, I wake up and I'm just like, man, fuck this. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I call my friend, I'm like, forget it, man. Just go do your. I, I'm, I'm jobless now, you know what I mean? I'm not doing this. And I went upstairs with my dad, he was asleep, of course. And I'm like, wake him up, I'm like, dad, if I can't do music, then fuck it. I'm not doing any job ever again, just music. And I don't care what that means. And, if, and it might mean I'm sleeping on your couch for <laughs> a long fucking time. Are you cool with that, right? I, my dad, he just, he looks at, he's like, just feed yourself. And we're good. No, you don't got to pay rent, just feed yourself and you got a deal. <laughs> right? So
2: I'm like, get ass, fuck
1: jobs, you yeah. know? The next day, February 4th, right? I get up and I'm like, I'm thinking, cause I'm in bands and stuff, that I'm gonna write music all day. I'm the, I'm the leader of my band. I write all the songs, I like everything. I write all the parts and stuff. So I'm just like, okay, yeah, now I got time to do this and instead I found myself gravitating towards all the other bands in the scene that I saw were doing it wrong in my opinion. Like the main thing I saw was that bands were, my the bands in my scene, the bands that I did shows with and stuff, they were doing things like taking out bank loans to put out records, but they don't really play anywhere besides Detroit. So like a friend of mine, was in a band, and he took out this $15,000 loan to uh, put out a record. I'm like, he's like, I'm committed. <laughs> I'm like, Yeah, I know, but how are you gonna make that money back? Like, you play the same clubs in Detroit every month. Like, right. you're gonna sell 50 records, and that's it. <laughs> and then you still got thousands of I'm like, you gotta get out, man. You gotta play other towns. You gotta go play Lansing, Grand Rapids, Kalamazoo, Flint, Toledo. like you're in Detroit, like, come on, get out there. He's like, oh, I work a job, I can't have time to do that. Well, I'm like, bro, I got all the time in the world. Like, I'll book your band. Just pay the phone bill. Or no, it wasn't even. I told him, just give me 5% of the money you make. So (laughs) so that was me getting into the music business because that was February, let's give it February 8th by the time I had this conversation with him. Mm that year by the end of that summer dude had made all his money back I had gotten him into all these cities just in that short amount of time and then I got him the key thing was I got him up north in Traverse City and all this and he started doing these gigs like the promoters up there liked this band so they kept rebooking him and he would go up there do these gigs where he do three sets a night leave his shit on stage come back the next night do three more sets and they'd pay him like you know 7:50 750 a night you know whatever. And so yeah, he was just we just had him up there and he loved it. I'm just in my dad's, you know, living room <laughs> like making calls or whatever. And uh I'm still, you know, I'm in bands and whatever, but I'm finding myself drawn more and more and more to helping other bands, directing it's, other bands. Yeah, that gives me more of a a jolt mm-hmm. than playing a show, developing my shit. Know, whatever, and, and at the time it was a rock band, but so yeah, so I just the word kind of spread, and then other bands started asking me to book tours for them. So I was like, Yeah, sweet, you know, give me five percent or whatever. And I should have been asking them to pay my phone bill because at the time it was enormous, you had to pay for that, shit right? Yeah, Gosh. so and I'm that was on the phone my time, yeah, I'm <laughs> on the phone all day long, so my phone bills were enormous, and then I get this little five percent of nothing that people were making. And um, it wouldn't even cover the phone bill. <laughs> it's rough. But then they instead of just regional bands, now bands are starting to ask me to like book them on tour tours. Mm-hmm. So I did a tour, just again for my dad's living room, just doing uh, a six week tour. I took this band, completely unknown band. Like if you guys formed a band right now, I took that band <laughs> and schlepped them out for six weeks, got them gigs all all the way down south to New Orleans, and then took them all the way out, up the coast, all the way back through Chicago, right? Six weeks, just any gig I could get, obviously. (laughs) And I was like, I literally sent the band, It was my first time ever doing that. I sent the band out, and I was like, just like, oh my God, they're gonna have all these horror stories, people are gonna treat them bad, you know what I mean? They're unknown, they're gonna play to nobody, blah, blah, blah. Man, this band came back talking about, send us back, send us back, send us back! like again 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 so so that got out you know i sent them back out and then, like these planet ant which still exists in detroit uh in uh Kask, or in hamtramck it's like a theater group the guy at the time uh how who owned it he heard about me booking these tours and he had a band named park that he wanted out he was like they're unknown but i got cash like let's Really send them out. You know what I mean? And at by that point, I was in Ann Arbor, couch surfing in Ann Arbor. <laughs> and uh, I had hustled my way into prison productions, uh, which was booking Ann Arbor. And I had I told uh, Lee, the guy who owned the company, I was like, yeah, if you let me in, I'll give you half the money I make on these tours. Just just let me book them on your phone. <laughs> you pay that phone bill, I'll give you half this money. And he was like, yeah, whatever you know and he brought me in but the reason he brought me in was really not for the he knew he was an OG at that time you know what I mean so he knew it was utter bullshit what I was talking about like there was no money to be made on these tours this was just a kid trying to hustle and get into the game you know whatever but that's small potatoes right he really wanted someone to help him book the blind pig and it was he had a guy but no one liked him I guess and he was booking his friends, but it's not bands who drew people, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Stuff like that, doing favors for people, whatever. I don't really even remember what it all was, but they were unhappy with it. And so when Lee, when I come walking in there, you know, talking about, hey, let me book tours. He was like, yeah, okay, uh, you can you can sit next to him. <laughs> and, you know, So he yeah. had me coming in, sitting next to the guy who booked the pig and just like learning, like a quarterback, you know, backup. And then that just kind of turned into um, me getting it outright, you know. The guy left, and uh, to and he was actually that was actually um, oh man, I forget what band he was in, but it was a really big band that uh, this guy was the drummer. In. But anyways, that's how I got in the game. And then uh, I was working for Lee, uh, booking the pig, and then there was this situation where uh, what is Live Nation now? Yeah, mm-hmm. they the. Origins, it started out with a guy, Sillerman, who went around the country and bought up all these promoters who put on shows. He bought them on, kind of, it was like, okay, now we're going to be one company, right? And so he, he pretty much bought everybody. <laughs> Every fucking promoter okay? he systematically bought everyone out, and then sold the whole thing to Clear Channel. Clear Channel did it for a while, and then spun it off into what is now Live Nation. Around the time Sillerman was first doing that shit, was when uh, I was booking the Pig in the first couple of years, and then uh, the Pig was was basically faced with a decision where they either had to go that corporate route, right, or they had to just roll the dice with this kid. I had, I was going I was doing insubordinate shit anyways at this point. Like they, <laughs> I was still doing tours, and they didn't want me to do tours because it, it made no money. But so I was around like, like what year was this? This was this was, 1999. Okay. When I was like when you know tours were still happening and I was just sort of going rogue and this kind of thing, not even realizing at the time what I was doing, but I was out of my mind. So, um, but uh, eventually I quit. I, I I always thought I would I was fired, but every time I've said that in the past, Lee Barry's like, "No man, you quit." <laughs> So, so, one of them happened. I'll just say for the record that no, I quit. But uh, I remember I was walking down the street and I called the owners of the pig like, okay, well it looks like you know I'm fired from Prism, so uh, I'm just gonna be a tour manager or whatever, be in bands or whatever. And they're like, no, 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 no. you, we're, we're just gonna roll, we're just gonna let you do it. We got we got a little money. We'll let you book bands, you know, and whatever. And I'm like, okay, okay, sure. And they. There was a storage room upstairs, mm-hmm. and they cleared it out for me. And there happened to be a couple of desks up there, and we just turned it into the booking office. And so yeah, that was a long ass time, twenty years ago.
2: So have you worked here since then?
1: Yeah, ever since a lot same gig ever since. Me and Faith, um, who was just painting, <laughs> she's the GM, and she came in. I came in September of September of ninety seven. Right, that's when I got the gig. She got the gig as a waitress here, November of that same year. So we've basically been here this whole time together, just doing it together. So that's definitely our secret weapon here, you know. So
0: <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah,
1: man. yeah. The pig is pig has got a great story.
0: <laughs> and so you're now the talent coordinator, talent yeah. Director. I'm managing.
1: Me and Faith are managing partners now, and uh, she's also the GM, and I'm also the talent partner still.
0: Cool. So, yeah. Why do you think that you were more successful than most people back in like the late 90s you know, at your job, booking gigs, sending people on tours and stuff like that?
1: Primarily because I was too stupid to know that it was ridiculous to send an unknown van out on a six week tour. Like, you're never gonna ever get anyone to do that for you because it's insane. <laughs> like, but you did it. <laughs> there's no money. Everyone you're talking to, you're basically conning them You know, it's like, so, so, you know, the University of Madison, right? I need to get a gig Oh yeah, these guys are alumni. They just graduated last year. I'm like, yeah, they're part of this, that frat, that frat.
0: (laughs) They get all their friends down there.
1: That's why I was like, that's why I was like, um, scared when I sent them out. I was like, oh man, you know, the promoter's gonna be expecting all this. Yeah. But the truth was that all the clubs I'm talking to, all the people in the game, they know I'm bullshitting. You know what I mean? They just needed a fucking band to be on that gig, you know. It was just me having all the time in the world. (laughs) You know? So like, for example, the guy who that first band who I said made all their money back real quick. Yeah. It was because I was able to hunt down a particular promoter up north who was just impossible to reach. But I would sit there and take notes. Like, okay. Five o'clock, <laughs> you know, <laughs> unavailable. You know, because and it was hilarious because I'd actually learned how to track people down like that from the sales gig that I was running from. You know, the sales gig that made me like, oh, I can't do this. I totally learned how to do phones from that gig. So that that's another reason why I was like particularly good at because if I couldn't reach you, like I was used to that. If I, if you know. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm having to, like, I was used to having to hunt down a uh, gas station owner and get him to spend 30 seconds on the phone. And then I have to convince him to, you know, buy my shit because it's cheaper than your shit, you know. So this club shit was nothing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so that's why.
0: Yeah, when you mentioned that you started like booking tours and uh, you were able to convince them you know, they're alumni or yeah, they're part of this anything, organization, whatever. Yeah, 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 I feel like you'd be a very good salesman.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> One time I, I hit it to New York City when I was really young. I was, I was in between freshman and sophomore year of college. And I was just like, I'm
2: just
0: going to New York.
1: And I, I hit it, I crashed with someone for two weeks and I spent all that time trying to get jobs. <laughs> And just being laughed out of everywhere I went but this one guy in this one office I didn't even know what the fuck I was up there for but I was hustling him so hard he was like man if I needed a salesman I'd hire your ass today <laughs> 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 but I don't you get the fuck out
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, oh, man. that's wild so, wise. Oh. so uh, what's, what's your favorite part about running the blind pig uh,
1: the, the best 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 thing ever is when you get to literally fuck with a band right out of the garage Mm. like dude had an idea to form a band right get you know rehearses finally starts playing house gigs whatever finally gets a little thing going feels like he can call me for a gig, right the best feeling in the world is to watch those bands develop and then I've been here 20 years, so a few of them have went all the way, you know what I mean? And gotten million dollar record deals and all this. And to think that like, man, you know, they called me and I was cool with them. You know what I mean? It's like we we feel really uh, genuinely um, beholden to the local musicians, you know, like we have a huge responsibility to not be dicks to them and to, because we realize like it, the pig is a 400 cap room, you know, you can't just come out in the garage and play here, you know what I mean? So we're, we're constantly trying to come up with situations where we can take bands who are brand spanking new and just kind of slot them in, you know? And that's, the, that's definitely the hardest part of all of it, you know, is working with brand new bands and, and getting them going and trying to get them through. But everything they do, every little success they have, feel like it's your success, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? And every time they come and they play it and then they go from 100 to 150 to 200, I mean, you're just like, wow, I helped them a- with that. You know? <laughs> so that feeling hasn't really changed. I mean, that's the same feeling I had helping that band make their money back. It's mm-hmm. the same thing. It's just that juice from knowing that, like, well, I'm in this position where I'm watching not just your band, but every band try to do the exact same thing. They're, they're in a million different genres and stuff like that, but they're all trying to do the same thing. So to be able to see a band coming up, see that people are responding to that band and to maybe say, oh, I know you wouldn't, you would, this hip hop artist would never in a million years be talking to this death metal guy in Flint. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but if they did, <laughs> that would be sweet. <laughs> And you can, like, link people up and stuff like that. And you can get connections going and stuff. Like, over the years, you get to see it. And it's not just um, it's not just bands. It's also, like, industry people, you know? So, like, I was working, for example, up with a club in Flint. And it was short-lived, you know? But I got to meet this kid, Justin, who was just all about it. You know what I mean? And it was like, wow, this, he's so obviously would thrive in any sort of music business setting and so i was able to link him up with this kid scotty in east lansing you know what i mean mm-hmm. and just get that connection going so perhaps there will be and you know you're doing all this we're all doing all this because in so doing you know that okay well now bands are going to have a little bit easier time when they're coming bubbling up in flint they're going to be talking to justin And they're going to be like, damn, how do we get into Lansing? And will be like, oh, let me call Scott, who we met because I linked him up. You know what I'm saying? And this is true for everyone in Michigan who's in the the business. You're just trying to make Michigan the most linked up, the most, like, if you're big in Detroit, you're going to get your shot in Grand Rapids. If you're big in Grand Rapids, you'll get on some gigs to see if if U of M will respond to you. It's like we're all kind of striving for that, you know, and that's just a never-ending struggle, you know. But it's sort of what I mean. You can ask anybody; they they're really probably mostly jazzed by the shit they see going on in local phenomena, you know. Because um, the tours are the tours are kind of automatic, so I can't really I don't really feel like I can take any credit, you know, for getting. Uh, was Khalifa's first play. I mean, where the fuck else was he going to play? I mean, this is Ann Arbor. The agent wasn't going, oh, let, let's bring him to Ann Arbor because Jason's there. You know what I mean? He was me and him were super tight and we did have a great relationship, me and his agent, you know, and he loves me and I love him and etc. cetera, et cetera. You know, I named my kid after that guy, but it wasn't because of me. And Peter would never just give him to me as a favor. You know what I mean it is so so it's just merely me um, managing the blind pigs relationship with agents mm-hmm. that's that's that touring job mm-hmm. and that shit's gonna happen if I get hit by a bus like somebody <laughs> is gonna step in and do it because that shit is automatic that's bigger than me that's bigger than the pig you know if the pig went down on this coronavirus shit you know what I mean Anyone with a space can then funnel all the shows that we're going to be at the pig. You know, it's like, it's not the pig necessarily. It's you of M. Mm-hmm.
0: You know,
1: it's the, It's a million motherfucking kids who like live music, who listen to these kind of bands, who need a space about this big. You know what I mean? Right. It's, it's the pig is, is, is at the vortex of something. That's most, most of the legendary clubs in America kind of are like that so you for example you have the most legendary the 930 club in washington dc they're just at the fucking they're they're the first stop out of new york city (laughs) come on you know and then plus you've got seth Hurwitz, who's just a genius running the whole game you know what i mean from ancient times you know that's pretty much every scene in america that's that's really pumping you know um Brock in Toledo, <laughs> you know, guy's been there since I picked up a guitar. Brock's been fucking running shows in Toledo. You know what I mean? All he's trying to do is make the Ohio scene dope. You know what I mean? He he just wants that feeling of I helped this shit be better. I helped uh, musicians, you know, go from here to here. Wherever they go after that, hopefully, you know, they do well. But while they were in my little slice, mm-hmm. they were treated well, you know what I mean? Yeah. They have, they don't have a bunch of negative fucking stories to tell about their experience coming up through the Ann Arbor scene, you know? We have, for example, Wolfpack, right? Those cats are Ann Arbor. <laughs> They're like U of M guys, U of M music scene, right? It's like, uh, I remember doing talks like this, right? Where Theo Katzman, is in the audience asking me like ridiculous questions. you know? (laughs) And then like a few years later, it's like, wait, that's Theo and Volpeck, you know what I mean? And then a few years later, it's like, wait, Volpeck just sold out Madison Square Garden. (laughs) That's still Theo, like what the fuck, you know? So that's that shit I'm talking about, you know what I mean? To see them blow up and to know that they didn't have some shitty time at the pig. They, They didn't come up through Ann Arbor despite the blind pig you know what i'm saying they all played here i think their first ever live show was here if <laughs> i'm not mistaken they did this crazy tour I, you know but shit like that that's what brock looks for that's what i look for that's what everybody looks for so.
0: Yeah, it just sounds like you guys everyone in the space uh really enjoys contributing something bigger than yeah. themselves yes and exactly seeing that uh success further beyond just their region and maybe yeah. nationwide you know
1: yeah and we It extends, like I say, it extends throughout the industry in Michigan. So I compete like hell with L Club and Magic Stick and Loving Touch and all that. But, man, you don't want to see none of those cats go down. You know what I mean? Like, I always tell Dave at Majestic, like, bro, I need you to fucking thrive. You know what I mean? At, At all costs, you know? Because for some reason, when the Majestic is banging, like they are right now, you know what I mean? Bef- not, <laughs> not right now. <laughs> not right
0: now, right now. But yeah,
1: <laughs> but in the last couple of years, like that's they were on a fucking all time high, and so were we all. You know what I mean? It it just the more shows that come, the more shows that come. Mm-hmm. That's how it works. So the more active we're all buying and fighting and scrapping and dying for every fucking show. I remember when ASAP Rocky's first play was coming through, right? And I had done Wiz Khalifa I had done Mac Miller everybody's first play. so I'm just I'm just getting cocky about that shit <laughs> like if you're dope and you're hip hop and this is your first time through what the fuck you're like if you play anywhere else, I might not fuck with you no more you know what I mean I'm starting to get a chip on my shoulder so um, but it's all in the game you know I remember I the only reason I got it it came down to me and the crow flip, <laughs> and we do this to each other, right? We're, I'm like, nobody wants to drive all the way to Pontiac. You're gonna make the heads drive. We're just gonna be smoking pot. What are you gonna, you know? I'm just like, all the heads. Everyone will come to Ann Arbor, right? And we're going back and forth, and every and we're sending in competing bids and shit, and then and they'll tell you this. I finally go, I'm like, tell that motherfucker, everything in Ann Arbor is purple. Because like his, his song had just come out, you know what I mean, and that got it. That fucking got it. He was like, "Whoa, this guy like listens to my shit." <laughs> like, he was brand new. He was brand new at the time, and uh, yeah, man, that that I love that about the tours. Fighting mm-hmm. for shows is so much fun
0: it right. sounds like a relationship where you need well you don't need other people to thrive but it helps because then it just makes Michigan like a better scene in general yeah. for you know musicians and them the, coming dude, out, you know.
1: the worst fucking thing that can happen is that you know we're fighting for a fucking show right. and the show skips Detroit that's losing Yeah. yeah. if they play L Club it's like that's fine the next time I, I have a much better shot I get them next yeah.
2: time mm-hmm.
1: it's not like bands play once you know <laughs> what I mean they mm-hmm. put out records they tour it's whatever right we're not living and dying on tours we're living it's really the local music that sustains us yeah. like like COVID-19 this shit right here when we come up there's no tours in sight <laughs> nobody nobody's getting no fucking tours in america you know what i mean for 2020 you know what mm-hmm. i mean everybody the tours are just like you know, and uh,
2: <laughs> all the artists for sure <laughs> yeah
1: so you know while we're we're it sounds cool when we say, oh, we're all about the local music. It's like, no, man, we have to be about the local music. We don't, no, no club our size or smaller survives without uh, a healthy relationship. Every time the pig has suffered, it's been because we, for, what, for one reason or another, we're sort of on the outs with the local scene. That's when shit falls apart.
0: When you started uh, prospecting, all these guys that are coming up from you know underground or their you know first live show is mm-hmm. here, like Mac Miller. Do you just know right away that they're going to be like successful?
1: Uh no. So Wiz Khalifa is a good example. Mm-hmm. I I got him because the a, the agent was like, "Bro, we need to play Ann Arbor with this." Right. I had no idea who he was.
0: Did you hear his like his shit beforehand or anything like that?
1: Yeah, when he called me, you know, when an agent. Hits you up about someone um, if you're not familiar with them. Yeah, they send you. Or check this out. You know, here's his MySpace at the time.
2: Sorry, that's my that's memory. all right. That that's oh, okay, okay.
1: <laughs> Sorry about that. Yeah. So you were asking me, like, do I just know these guys with dope? Yeah, yeah. Like
0: when you hear their shit for the first time. No. No. Okay. <laughs> Mac Miller,
1: yes. <laughs> Mac Miller, definitely yes. Because I, because but I was gonna do Mac Miller just because of the Wiz cosine. Mm. Because Wizard played here, and sold it out. So it was like, all right, whatever he says, I'm cool with, you know. Yeah. But they sent me Mac Miller, and I was like, oh no, that's that's fucking dope. Yeah. So that that's that most is dope. one of the <laughs> few. That's literally one of the few where I was certain that it
0: would be real
1: smart to get this guy's first play.
0: Yeah. So yeah. that's awesome.
1: The Wiz Khalifa <laughs> thing uh, was during the MySpace era. Oh. and And. Uh, we, we picked up the show because of the agent, where it was like, he had given me so many great shows. I was like, man, I'll just take whatever. And to this day, I'll just take whatever he gives me, sight unseen, I don't, I barely have to look it up mm-hmm. before I'll say yes. But um, at the time, uh, he was like, yeah, no, here. I, I was like, how much you want? You know, he's like, give me five grand. I'm like, okay, bet, you <laughs> know? I was just totally in the tank for this agent, you know? And then, but then we put it up on sale, And it didn't sell at all. We sold like, you know, 20 tickets. Three days later, we're at like 35 tickets. I'm like, oh my God, (laughs) I'm gonna get fired. (laughs) I just spent 5,000 on somebody, oh my God, you know, I'm just freaking out. And my assistant, Zach Taco, who uh, is now uh, the the man over at the Majestic, um, doing all their promo and ticketing and all this. At the time he was my assistant upstairs, I was like, how is this possible? Look at his MySpace jukebox. It's got like more plays than Kanye West right now. And it's noon, right? I was like, how? Why do we only have, and uh, Zach's like, dude, if he's got that many plays at noon or whatever time it was, those are kids. He was like, this show is 18 plus. That's why it's not selling. So we switched it like that moment. We put it out. at all ages. That shit was sold out in like three days. It was <laughs> <Exactly>. like <vroom. laughs> So I mean, you know, you could do a Wiz show now on twenty one plus. I mean that was so long ago, but yeah, that's that was great. That was a great story. And that, that Wiz Relief is one of the nicest people who's ever played this room. Really? In its entire history.
2: Like, it actually, one went. Of the sweetest, nicest people mm-hmm. of all time. That's awesome. I actually went to a Wiz and Snoop concert at DTE about like four years ago, it was pretty awesome. He had his money going, he was smoking (laughs) on stage. Yeah, (laughs) yeah, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, So you said Wiz has been through here, Uh, Mac Miller, is there any Uh, other like- Macklemore.
1: Macklemore was great too. Um, He had one of the most meteoric rises because he literally, his first two plays in the Detroit market were The Blind Pig. Mm -hmm. His next play was St. Andrews. And then his next play was The Palace. Okay. I mean, it was just like, boom, you know? But he was he was another one um, who was just really, uh, really sweet. And like, he couldn't, him and uh, Ryan Lewis couldn't make a gig and it had to be rescheduled. But he was literally blowing up so fast that it was kind of ridiculous for him to stop, come back, play a rescheduled blind pig day. That was crazy, right? Yeah, uh, his shit is on the radio and stuff. Yeah, but he totally did. it. He totally came in, walked in alone. You know what I mean? He was just like, "Yeah, I'm here. Let's do it." You know, just like just that is that is the most common story. Like most of these cats are just great people because because we're they like the whole industry. Like we're all just flowing together. So it's all about just, let's all just have no incidents. Let's just party and have fun, you know, that's, you know, and that's, that's from the artists, to the managers, to the agents, to the buyers, to the venue, people, to the bartenders, like that's really cool too. That's Mm -hmm. a really good, fun aspect of this job is, is being so connected. And the longer you're in, the more you can, like with all the venues in the state that you're working. And helping them out and giving them advice and getting advice and sharing information and just trying to make the scene better. You know, you just never want to be some shitty scene. You just never want to hear no story about your scene being a shit. Oh man, the scene fucking sucked. I couldn't wait to move my band out of. You know, that's like ew. <laughs> that's the fucking worst, man. But that's all about again. That all goes back to that working with local music and trying to doing what you can
2: do you have any interesting stories from the venue in general with the customers people who come in have you seen anything crazy happen
1: yeah I mean just you know just normal stuff you know people get drunk (laughs) they get asked to leave they do stupid shit they get asked to leave sometimes they object yeah (laughs) sometimes they get dragged out I don't you know but not not that often I mean it used to be it used to be like that and Faye first started i guess there mm-hmm. you'd see more craziness but nowadays it's really it's really pretty chill mm-hmm. like um you get the craziness when when you have a clash of culture when it's like uh, you get a show where it's all ages and it truly is kids right but they've never been to a bar before mm-hmm. you know they're just kids so they don't know how to act You know, you get madness like that. So a super famous blind pig story comes from like the eighties when the circle jerks were playing here Mm -hmm. and the owner, Roy, like did this, he agreed to do this fucking all ages show. And I guess the crowd (laughs) just went berserk, like literally just coming, tearing shit off the wall, tearing the banister. And Roy is there and he's just like, what the fuck, you know? So he lets the show happen. <laughs> he gets that money off the bar, <laughs> but then when the band comes to get paid, he's like, "I don't know what the fuck you're talking about. How you owe me money, like you know." So that those kind of nuts, those stories, it's it's almost like the further back you go, the more wild, wild west it gets. You know yeah. I, mean? I mean, I've got a we. There's a reason. There's a good story with uh, Machine Gun Kelly. Ohio, Ohio, yeah,
2: hey, Cleveland boy, yeah,
1: yeah, and and I, that was great because he was so hot that I had no idea I could even had a shot at him. Right, he was so fucking already hot, and it was so cool because I just called his friend, who's his manager, right? Like he just, he probably was like, "Hey, Machine Gun, you want to play the, blood? you know?" It was like. That at the time, that was the crew he rolled with. He didn't have an agent, he didn't have all this shit, he, but he was doing quite well, all on his own. Like, he, he's, he's a great example of an artist who went a very long way with no one, just him and his boys, literally, you know? So, um, but yeah, he came in, that's the first time I ever bought, that's the first, I Wiz Khalifa was the first time I ever bought uh, Tank tops and condoms on a rider, and then Machine <laughs> and Kelly's rider was like almost identical. But uh, yeah, that was funny. Um, but he was he was really nice, right? Mm-hmm. But he was he's fucking nuts, right? Yeah. <laughs> he's like he gets fucking wild. So that was one of the loudest, wildest shows I've ever seen here, and I was only here for a second, but <laughs> my god, it was just man, it was just nuts and it was all girls <laughs> it was like <laughs> it was like a stripper show or something you know what i mean it was nuts <laughs> 400 girls and like a handful of guys just tearing at him but um we we used to get hotels for everybody mm-hmm. and we'd send them up to the best western and uh, we sent machine Gun kelly up there but we didn't know like he had he was had blown up, right? So at that point, he had MTV following him around with cameras, and we were we sort of knew that, but weren't really paying attention. So he goes to the fucking hotel, and they want some they want content, you know what I mean? Oh yeah.
2: So he oh, no.
1: he wants, uh he gets naked, and him and all his groupies or whatever go crash the pool. It's closed, of course, but they crash it and wake up everybody. And next thing I know, I've got, you know, the show's over, but it's like three in the morning and I'm getting calls from the hotel. Like,
2: what the fuck, get this guy, stop this guy, we can't do shit, we're calling the cops,
1: you know? And uh, yeah, that was like, they were like threat because he did massive damage, right? Oh yeah. So they were like <laughs> looking at us like, who's paying for that, you know? And we were like, not us, you know? <laughs> So we just book the hotel you know whatever so yeah that's the reason why the pig no longer ever books hotels for <laughs> fucking nobody well like we give references right like, we got a raid over here yeah that's that's all you get you
0: know? so that's funny that's wild as fuck
1: yeah god damn shit like that we, we we get wild shit happening like way more than I'm saying but it's like you get so used to it that only the Really intense shit jumps out. There's are Diggable Planets. Here's some intense shit. <laughs> okay? You know who that is? I do not. Diggable Planets. Okay. You know the Fuji's are? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Diggable Planets is sort of like the the original Fuji's. You know, okay. From way back in the day. They won, they won a Grammy and shit. But they did a 25th anniversary reunion tour. And this is a really, really highly respected hip hop act. And we prided ourselves on just the finest quality hip-hop here, you know, and so it was really expensive, and it was sort of a long shot, like, do these kids remember Diggable Planets, whatever, and uh, we did the show, and it sold out, and it was great, right, and the band, <laughs> they're kind of amazing, they, they run with the same band they've had this entire time, so 25 years, it's the same band that they had when they started in Brooklyn or wherever. That they have to this day. So they're touring with the same bass player, same drummer, same whatever, same sound man. It's all in the game. Well, I'm like, they were they were very difficult to manage. Let's just put it that way. They were they we fucked up their rider. We we made some mistakes with them that they were not happy with. (laughs) And 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 I'm just like, oh my god, oh my god, oh my god, you know, I was petrified the whole night, basically like I was really developing a fear of Butterfly because this dude was just seemed so pissed at me, right? All night. So we finally get them. My man had come through like, hey, do you want to smoke some pot? I've got this great pot, right? And I was like, hell no, I don't want to get fucked up because this guy's gonna kill me, you know what I mean? So we finally, literally I'm standing with my man and we're, we're at the alley, at the top of the alley and Diggable is going, down the alley and up to go on stage. Like we finally, you know, and for me, once the act is on stage, that's like kind of the first time I can go, okay, damn. You know, right? So they go on stage. I hear the crowd erupt. So I'm like, okay, let's smoke that (laughs) pot. I'm like, I'm literally outside the club, just chiefing, right? Feeling victorious. (laughs) And then I look up, I pass the thing, I look up, is walking back up the alley right with this grave expression and all i'm thinking is the sound system blew up you know i'm thinking oh my god like somebody threw a bottle at them like something is nuts man they come out and say we got to go to the hospital because our bass player just died oh shit.
2: <laughs> yeah,
1: yes, yes. i was like what and keep in mind how high i am right so I feel like, wow, I hope they never even hear this because I'm still fucked up over this story because he didn't really die, all right? Let's say that right off the top. He didn't really die. It's just his heart stopped. And, like, this was a thing with him. But he, like, had done this in the past where it's like he fucking literally dies and gets brought back. <laughs> it's so Shit. Like, what the fuck? This man should not be touring. <laughs> That's what I'm thinking, <laughs> But they were literally like, and they were literally like, okay, first things first, let's get to the hospital. They pile, literally, diggable fucking planets piles into my shitty car. The the bass player who's on the verge here is in between them. The tour manager piles into my trunk. I'm stoned as fuck. And I gotta get them all to the hospital. So I I thankfully there was a fucking ambulance on its way like yeah. with the lights on so i just some am like follow the ambulance right because i really don't know how to get directly to U of M hospital like i just had never done that yet you know even though i live here so yeah we got him there i'm thinking the show is destroyed i'm thinking we have no show of course we got i'm thinking about refunding tickets and da 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 they're like, no, no, get us back to the club. I'm like, what? What?
0: <laughs> Your voice about to die over here. <laughs> yeah,
1: They're like, oh, no, no, that happens all the time. I'm like, well, you don't have a bass player, right? Well, at the very least, you know I'm player. They're like, no, 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 no. The sound guy is a bass player, too. He <laughs> all apart. I'm like, oh, my God. So, yeah, just like surreal. I drive them back to the club. They go down, they play the show. It's butter i take them back to the hospital <laughs> after and the, the trippiest part for me was that they never even though they had put me through all this they never <laughs> like were nice to me ever
0: <laughs>
1: like i was being hazed you know what i mean i felt like i was being hazed because i fucked up their rider and all this shit so they were just gonna put me through it so that's why they were like when they came back up they're like I bass player died. You know what I mean? I feel like they like put me through it more. But that's that's probably the
2: fucking most
1: so shit ever happened to me here. But it's a great, great story. It be
2: wild. If you had one that topped that, I would be yeah. <laughs> I would be surprised. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. I don't feel I feel like bad for outing that bass player, but God damn, like that is not a well-kept secret because that happens all the time.
0: You know yeah, maybe, so. you know it's bad when your sound guy is picking up his parts. Oh, yeah, <laughs> like
1: butter. Like yeah. butter, like, oh, yeah, yeah. No, we do this all the time. I'm like, oh, my God.
0: Yeah. Second yeah. string, you're in. Yeah, come on. yeah. yeah. <laughs>
1: but it's crazy, man, because even, even though you get treated harsh, right, even though you go through that, you still just love them. You know what I mean? You just love them for being out here entertaining everybody and da-da-da. You just still... It's hard to It's hard to Stay mad At a Band or a musician You know mm-hmm. I try to keep A shit list But I just it, I forget
2: <laughs> 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 You fucked up Didn't you Oh Damn it Maybe I don't remember I don't know yeah, <laughs>
0: right So you guys You guys book Like some pretty hot Hot gigs I'd say Because I that You guys had uh, YBN Corday. Yeah, you We're gonna have true. 24K Golden I believe Yep yeah,
1: He was opening yeah, yeah That was great And he got him and my son got along great. That was really, yeah. really sweet. Cause my son's like 12 years old. And so these guys come in and he break dances and shit. So they just love him. And and he's so calm and collected yeah. around rock stars now. You know what I mean? <laughs> so yeah, him and Talib are cool. And like, he's cooler with these cats than I am, you know? Cause he <laughs> just walks right up to him. Hey man, are you going to perform this song tonight? <laughs> you know what I mean? He like came up to a uh, young gravy.
0: Yeah, we had young Gravy play,
1: and he fucking he he challenged the opener to a dance off. So I come down, and there's a crowd around my son, and (laughs) him and the opener—I forget the guy's name—but he was, yeah, it was nuts. And then him and Young Gravy are just kicking it up in my office, (laughs) and I'm just like, wow, you know. And I'm I'm like, I don't even talk to artists this way, you know what I mean? So I was just like taking advantage, like asking Young Gravy about his past and shit because my son totally disarms him so yeah he's talking to an industry guy but he's sort of like talking to Corbin at the same time so it's like wow you know and I'm like telling you know having him explain to Corbin how he came up uh, he had just graduated out of fucking school or no not even he had left school because he was blowing up so he's like fuck I gotta go make some money and he took his producer like went with him and like that, it was kind of fucked up because they <laughs> had like promising, like you know, academic careers going, you know, and uh, it was hilarious because I'm like, Young Gravy's is just sitting on my fucking food time, you know, <laughs> and my son's checking him out. And then I go, What did you we're asking him all these crazy questions? And I'm like, What did you major in? He goes, Marketing, <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, Of course, of course, <laughs> that's funny, okay. yeah, yeah, we love, we love Young.
0: Do you notice that there's a big difference between like the the new age rappers and then the people um, that came up before them, like when you started back in the late 90s? Yeah,
1: you know, last year was a great year for hip hop for us because we had artists like KRS-One, we had J-Electronica, but we also had J-I-D, you know, we had a bunch of like new guys, then we just had Cameron. you know, so it's like we get a really great constant blend of old and new and like i would just say the the new guys are like there's there's no difference anymore between a hip-hop tour and a rock tour they're all super well organized there's just like it there used to be a much more marked difference where it was just it was more raw where you were like when we first booked krs one i booked it with his wife you know what (laughs) i mean when i you know Matt, you know, Machine Gun, you you call his friend, you know what I mean? And then he comes in and it's wild because he's not used to touring yet. Mm -hmm. So he doesn't know any sort of like accepted protocol. It's just, I'm fucking
0: going crazy.
1: Like, here's my writer. (laughs) Where are my t-shirts? You know, know? and uh, Danny Brown was great too. Like he comes in, it was his first ever headlining show ever. Cause he, he like had a thing, I guess about like, that just, he didn't want that kind of attention and he was totally blown up. Like he, like it was a surprise, like word. He has never, you know? So he comes and plays the blind pig and we're expecting an entourage. It's Danny Brown. You know what I mean? And it's Detroit. Yeah. We're like, like, there's going to be a huge Detroit contingent walking in with him and bitches and bottles and, we don't know what to expect and a crazy writer and whatever. No, he just, he just walked in. He's <laughs> all by himself. <laughs> he just fucking walked in. And we're all standing around because it's like, it's not even time yet. And dude just walks in and, and we're like, wait, that's ding." He just, <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> and he set that whole shit up all by himself and then people trickled in. Mm-hmm. But I mean, again, just... He's like, he's sort of like a a good midway because he's got a very old school worldview, I would say. I feel like, I mean, Danny is like, old heads love him. You know what I mean? New kids love him. So he, he to me is a really good representation of the midpoint Mm -hmm. and his shit is so freaky, but it's still like heads love it. And like I booked Danny Brown once at Alvin's in Detroit way like 20 goddamn years ago right it was so long ago maybe 15 but it was a long time ago and he was just on a bill with a bunch of other detroit acts man he murdered them he murdered everyone like his whole rise like he's always been the dopest MC on, on any show he's been on but like so so that was wild we you know shit like that kind of blows your mind when we did um Royce the five nine and DJ Premier. Nice. Like they were just sitting in front of that blind pig sign. And they and DJ Premier is on our stage, like warming up on these turntables that uh Chill Will had given us from WCVM. We always rent gear from him. So it's just, it was just so trippy. Like, that's fucking DJ Premier, <laughs> you know what I mean? And that's Royce ah, yeah. Like to this day we still get little goosebumps and shit and when when uh, ybn corday was like so cool so nice to work with he's saying shit to my son like stay in school stay uh-huh. in school he's like it's like dude what i thought you guys were drugs and weed <laughs> and you know and bitches and this, this no they were both like that um golden 24 karat golden was also like that just like oh my god this i'll never forget this 24 karat golden when he was leaving Him and my son were kicking his soul. They were just grooving, right? They just were really on each other's wavelength, it felt like. And he's, and my son's 12, he's like 20 or whatever. And on his way out the door, they had talked my son into dancing for him. So he had done a little exhibition up there. And I wasn't even there to see that, but then I come up and I'm like paying his manager and stuff or whatever, or YBN's manager. Then Golden gets up and you can tell he wants to say something to my son, right? (laughs) And he just gets up and he goes, whatever you do, follow your dreams. And he leaves, it. he's like, I'm living proof that they will come true. And he's, he's literally like embarrassed to be saying it so real like that. And he runs out the room <laughs> and it was just like,
2: wow, that was fucking
1: great, you know, to get to see shit like that, Just you know, and then, and then. I didn't even know who he was. So it's just like, wow, who's that guy who was grew with my son? And I'm looking at his videos like, oh, shit, Valentino,
2: (laughs) that's a good song.
1: (laughs) Yeah, you know, and it's like, wow, he's actually because, you know, he's then you listen to his music and he's like talking that bullshit. But then you're like, wait, well, we already know that you're uh, he, he. He studied business at like UCLA or yes, something like that. You know yeah. what I'm saying? It's like, we already know that yeah. that's not really you. You know what I mean? Like you're actually a
2: really good dude.
1: Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, shit like that. As you can see, it's just, I love stuff like that and seeing these guys come up and seeing. So the difference is really just that people are just not ashamed to be normal anymore. Mm. They're not ashamed to not do drugs.
0: They're not trying to front. Or They're not trying anything to like front that. at yeah.
1: all. Like, I remember we did Trinidad James. Not to just live on hip-hop shows here, because we we don't just do hip (laughs) It's just that I personally love hip-hop so much. Mm -hmm. But we did Trinidad James, right? And this is kind of a one-hit wonder type of guy. Not that he was a dick or nothing. You know what I mean? He was was cool like everybody else. But he he pulls up in a giant tour bus. (laughs) We know them damn things are at least 5,000 a day. Right, to be able to pull those on, you gotta be balling to, to even roll in one of those. Everybody today, even the ones who are balling, don't roll in tour buses anymore. They roll in these Mercedes vans, you know. Mm-hmm. So um, yeah, he comes out of that. His tour manager's just like, yeah, you gotta have all his rider. You know, so we got bottles for him. Yeah, mm-hmm. taking like, take it on the bus. <laughs> you know? So I'm sitting there, me and one other person got bottles of Hennessy and this and that. We walk up on this tour bus and literally there's no fucking place to put them. They're opening the cupboards in the kitchen area. They're filled with bottles from the other promoter from yesterday and the day before and the day before. They're just, you know, it's just so stupid, right? It's just such a stupid way to roll and no one does that anymore. Mm -hmm. No one tours like that. No one tours in excess. No Mm -hmm. one tours like with a a gang of people you know what i mean like when trinidad came off the bus it was like a, it was comical because we're waiting on him to come off and he comes up and it's almost like you you can hear his music playing you know it mean? sounds like a video and he's all slow and then there's just a line of people behind him coming up and it's just like dude what are you doing <laughs> this is, you're spending all this money we're paying you is probably you're in the hole just today on what you're spending, you know? <laughs> so yeah, like after a while, you can kind of tell who's who's touring right and who's who's not gonna be around anymore.
2: Yeah. So how about J.I.D.? I know he's with Dreamville and everything mm-hmm. like that. Mm-hmm. How How is he here?
1: He was great. I mean, again, he, those guys are an example, and Earth Gang, yeah. right? another one, same thing. Just a total example of they're just unassuming they're up in a dressing room like, like, you know, they'll either chill out at their hotel or they'll come here and chill out here. But either way, there's no, it's so unassuming that, that it gives off like a aura where you just don't, you just leave them alone. You just wanna not fuck with them, mm-hmm.
2: you
0: know what I
1: mean? We had uh, Michelle Obama here,
0: oh, for, sure. not Michelle,
1: Sasha. Sasha, Sasha the, okay. the daughter who's going to U of M. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. She was here for a show. And, and again, it was like the way she rolled and stuff, was so unassuming and but at the same time highly choreographed but it was it was still it's just like it's almost like wow is that just the vibe nowadays like like if you front it's just so wet you know what i mean like there's no front in JID there was no front in Earth Gang we treat them i don't know if this is a correlation but we definitely treat them better like like when JID was coming they Norm, where normally I'll negotiate your rider. J I D, Earth Gang, YBN. They don't front on their rider. It used to be like you get all the shit and then you have to negotiate it down. Mm-hmm. Those guys send out a rider, it's like boop boop. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, okay, a bag of chips, you know what I mean? <laughs> so we, we'll go overboard. So um, with Earth Gang, I mean we went so overboard. And, and it was cool because it, it has this effect where they come in unassuming. We're like, wow, that's cool. And then we treat them so good. And then they're like, wow, you treated us so good. And it just kind of makes their show a little better, whatever, you know what I mean? So that's not just us. That's, I'm sure that's just the trend you know, mm-hmm. with live music. Like it's all, it just gets better and better and better and tighter and tighter, these productions as they go out. And the the turnover amongst the industry is very low. So the same people I was fucking with 20 years ago, the same cats I'm calling, you know, when we kick things off again.
0: So we're talking a lot about the uh, modern hip hop and like the the new wave, I guess. How do you feel about mumble rap?
1: I mean, what you got to name the artists that you consider mumble rap.
0: TV oh, man. I, I just know, like, online, little Uzi gets a pretty good amount of hate for mumbling during his songs and stuff like that.
1: Yeah, but I, I'm going to reserve judgment on that because I've heard his new record is great. Yes,
2: mm-hmm. mm-hmm. sir. I agree. So, yes, sir. I love little Uzi. Yeah, yeah. And I just saw a rando
1: song from the new record, and I was like, fuck with that. You know what, yeah. what I mean? Yeah. I don't, I, I hold no judgment. So, I mean, I heard them call 21 Savage mumbling, right? but I don't. What is Mumble If that's Mumble what is it?
2: You know? I, 21 Savage has gotten like, his last two albums and his like features and stuff. I feel like he's gotten a lot, lot better since like mm-hmm. the first album I've heard. I just like him. Yeah.
1: I like the guy. You know what I mean? My son is into all of that. So he, actually, my son hips me to the shit. You know? yeah. yeah. So, yeah, all the like little hit songs that no one would expect me to know, I've been known about them <laughs> because of my son online playing his games and shit share that stuff so yeah no i like it all i love where it's going i love where it's going man i got artists i love from all the eras
2: you know so uh speaking of older eras my dad actually said blind pig was one of the first places he ever listened to music at and it was nirvana back in the late 80s yeah
1: Yeah. the most (laughs) most most epic show that ever played so yeah no (laughs) they actually played twice they played at least twice maybe three times but they opened up for TAD before they did the Bleach Tour
2: mm-hmm.
1: and that's the famous tour and that sold out and that and then they said oh my god Blind think is our favorite venue on earth <laughs> and that became a big thing for us you know mm-hmm. um, but that was before my time but um, I know the stories well and the reason it sold out like there the whole Bleach Tour was kind of underperforming but then they came to the pig and it, it was sold out in advance so The reason, and they didn't know this at the time, but the reason was because Soundgarden had played here a week earlier, literally a week earlier, Mm -hmm. and had said, Chris Cornell was on the stage going, hey, you guys, because they were were big way before Nirvana, so he was like, hey, you guys, our friends Nirvana are going to be here next week, don't miss it, (laughs) so they didn't, you know what I mean, and they came and they played, and the kids were rabid, just like they... I mean, we're super spoiled. I don't know how it is the case, but man, these Ann Arbor crowds get hype, you know? They get so loud and, and artists come in going, God damn, you know what I mean? And they've been on tour, but they'll come in Ann Arbor and the Blind Pig and something about the sound and the acoustics and the, when, the, when the crowd gets hype, man, on a sold out show, it is insane. No,
0: Ann Arbor, I mean, it, it does get God. wild. Yeah, yeah,
1: but that Nirvana show that was that was another one where they just got into that feedback loop <clears throat> with our crowd and just fucking loved it. So.
0: Yeah, I can attest. I, uh, I came. I can't remember what the venue was. Um, it's part of the university, but I saw Vic Mensa and Little Dicky like oh, okay. like three years ago when Little Dicky was hot. Yeah, and, it was
1: probably Hill Auditorium.
0: Yeah, that's it. Yep, Hill Auditorium. And man, I did not think U of M U of M kids got that wild yeah <laughs> they they, yeah. they go pretty fucking hard yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. awesome
1: i think um vic meant, i think that show was put on by the psg guys down in columbus yeah The Wild guys put that show on really they put a lot of those bigger shows on and yeah i so admire the balls on them for taking a chance they because they had to pay vic and little Dicky. Mm-hmm. I, I got in a lot of trouble once trying to book Lil Dicky because he was with Kara Lewis, who's <laughs> like the most monstrous hip hop agent of all time. Right? <laughs> He's with her, I think, to this day. But uh, yeah, I don't. I put it in persp- To put her in perspective, I've been a buyer for twenty some years. I've never gotten her on the phone. <laughs> I've never gotten past her fucking intern because she just does not fuck with someone who books a four hundred vocabulary. Like, yes. that's like, what? You know, you can't make me no money, you know? Right. So, but yeah, but, uh, but yeah, so, you know, he had to put both those on. Those are like super expensive acts on their own. Little Dickie, though, I had like, I called his, I don't know, I called an agent and said, hey, it says in Pulsar you have Little Dickie. And he was like, no, uh, she, he left, he's with, we don't know where he's at or something like that. So I'm in the process of hunting him down. And somehow I I got agents talking to each other about Lil Dicky. And suddenly I got a call from his manager. <laughs> and Lil Dicky's manager was fucking furious with me. Because somehow this talk, Lil Dicky thought that, Carol Lewis was either mad at him or about to drop him or something like and I had caused that yeah. shit yeah <laughs> and yeah I got cussed the fuck out man I was like no no sir it wasn't me you know I was just trying to look at why just you know oh my god so but yeah yeah that's at that time that was those were two super expensive acts. so
0: that's that's just crazy yeah he did
1: he did uh g Easy at um, I think at Hill as well yeah mm-hmm. But yeah, he did. He did a lot of the shows that have come in through Ann Arbor, and it's like, man, it takes balls to do a lot of those. you know So yeah, I, you know what I'm saying. So that's that's what I mean. Like when you mention a show, I think about the people who put it on. Right. You know what I mean, and how cool it was for them to put it on, so that you could see that shit. You know what I mean? It's like, it, I'm, I'm, yeah.
2: Like if I, if I go to a concert, I'm like, oh yeah, the artist does this and stuff like that. But now I'm really going to think like what was behind all this yeah, and yeah, how, did, how did it get to thing. this point?
1: Yeah, there's a whole <laughs> thing, a whole group of people who shepherded that show and that tour and those artists, you know what
0: I mean? And all the people that took care of them when they were just first coming up yeah. from where they're from. Yeah, so the record mm-hmm. labels who are investing yep. in them. And yeah, man, it's, it's
1: insane. It's insane. So it's just, it's fun. It's, a, it's such a vast business that you can, you know, kids come up and they say, what should we study? What should we, how do we get in the game? And I'm like, look, just, there's nothing you can really study. Right. Just just whatever you study, it's good to study something. So just finish on time. That would impress me. You know what I mean? If you finish on time, that means, hey, you get shit done, you know? But my whole thing is the same way I was like, oh, I'll just start booking my friends' tours. And then that gets me in the door at Prism, blah, blah, blah. I, it wasn't like Prism asked me to come book. I just kind of kicked in the door. I was like, I'm here. You know what, <laughs> what I mean? I'm, I'm here for tours, what the fuck? <laughs> and that's pretty much how all my assistants fucked with me. You know, they, I, there's been at least three people who I've hired because they walked in and were like, I'm here now. And I want to work for the pig. You know what I mean? And I, I'm them. like, I assume you don't mean as a bartender. <laughs> <laughs> like no of course not (laughs) I'm like okay sit right there let's go you know so that's you know as far as getting in the game that's like almost everyone I know has gotten and they just decided to
0: you know Mm
1: -hmm. you're like I don't care what I lose I'm doing this
2: Mm -hmm. so you were in the music scene like late 90s Ann Arbor Detroit area mid Mid to late 90s uh what do you know about, like, Eminem? Did you ever get a chance to see him, talk to him? Like, because I know he was rising around that time.
1: Yeah, he, okay, so our timelines are such that I started booking Allen's in Detroit, <laughs> which is in the Cass corridor, mm-hmm. right before Eminem started to call that place kind of home. Like, that's that's where he cut his teeth, I think, before he took over St. Andrews. yeah. He was, like, Alvin's is, like, a 300 cap. And then he moved his show over to St. Andrews, I think, at some point. But for a while there, he was cutting his teeth at Alvin's. And so that was right after I had started booking there. So, um, so yeah, I kind of was in the game before he was blowing up. And then, um, so he was, like, playing Alvin's. And then I was living in Ann Arbor when a friend of mine played me um, a Slim Shady LP for the first time and it was like holy shit you know what I mean it was like uh, I remember where I was when I first heard KRS-One when I was in middle school right I'm 50 so that was a long ass time ago (laughs) But I remember literally everything about where I was standing and where I was walking who I was with everything when he was like hey man check this out Mm -hmm. and it's sort of the same exact thing where I was standing who gave the shit to me like I remember it like vividly when I heard swim shady you know what I mean I was like oh my god and then it was like he's from Detroit you know It's like what you know and yeah he played Alvin's like last year or whatever you know I was like what you know? <laughs> <laughs> I was like this guy and then I was I remember like I had just gotten into prison I had just gotten a gig booking here when he made the cover of Rolling Stone for the first time you know and it was like whoa you know like he's totally blowing up you know and then um our, our our friend Mikey was like D12's uh, tour manager. Oh wow. So we've kind of been watching him you know do that thing and then one time I was actually playing here um, I was playing keyboards for Freddie, who is Kid Rock's DJ mm-hmm. who has his, who used to may still but he used to put out his own records and do his own thing whatever and then he would, I would play keyboards in the band, you know, and he was playing here one time and he called his friend, Marshall, and was like, hey, I'm playing, come on up. And he fucking did. And I was, I was, <laughs> he was, we had a little VIP cordoned off for him right there. He was sitting right at the, at the drink row like, <laughs> watching us play. And I was like on stage and Eminem was behind me and I was like, oh my fucking God. <laughs> so Turn around and he's sitting there. And he's like, oh my God. Because like Mikey had brought him and this is the thing like he didn't just show up you know what I'm saying um Freddie called Mikey Mikey called Marshall was like yo we're gonna park in the alley you know we're gonna coordinate it this shit all gets choreographed Mm -hmm. you know but it's not possible unless we have a relationship with Mikey because Mikey's the guy who Eminem trusts to facilitate it right you know what I'm saying so there's these connections that we you know so 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 basically like our job is to like keep those connections real clean you know what i mean so that when freddie's playing a fucking show and he calls eminem you know he'll be like hey come on out eminem says hey mike can you facilitate this mikey says yeah i fuck with the blind pig they're i love them guys faith and jason great people you know what i mean yeah let's let's go do that and kid rocks the same way that we Mikey's the one who, like, facilitated Kid Rock's parking space so we could pull up this fucking, whatever the fuck, Ford had just bought him a brand new, or, like, had designed his new car. And they were, like, letting Kid Rock rock it, you know what I'm saying, like, out in public. (laughs) That's sick. To get people to, like, be like, what kind of fucking car is that? So I remember, like, Kid Rock was the first, that was the first time I'd ever seen that car. Mm -hmm. And then, like, you start seeing it, like, in the next year or whatever. That was cool. But, yeah, so... So that whole experience where people who are at that show were like, oh, my God, that's imminent. That happened because me and Faith keep it real tight with Mikey. You know what I'm saying? That's what it boils down to. The reason we get Wiz Khalifa Mac Miller and Mac Memorial, blah, 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 is because me and Peter Schwartz are tight. So that's the gig, making sure that when these cats send artists here, nothing bad happens. Because it doesn't matter that we're the pig. It doesn't none of that shit matters. If if an artist comes here and has a bad time, nobody gives a fuck who we are, you know. And they're gonna play somewhere else next time.
2: Yeah. You know. And and it goes for all of us. So. Seems yeah. like you do a great job facilitating that those relationships, though.
1: I well, I at least <laughs> prioritize them. <laughs> at the very least, I don't know how good a job I do, but I recognize that that
0: is the job. Mm-hmm. How has social media changed the game? Completely. So, so now, for example, we used to used to
1: put uh, all our money in print advertising.
2: Right? <laughs> Wait, what? What is that? No. <laughs> exactly.
1: exactly. We used to spend like fucking five hundred dollars a week on a fucking full page ad in the Metro Times, kind of a thing. Mm-hmm. And that was like, yes, we made <laughs> enough money to give it all to them. You know what I mean? Like, you just knew that was the way to do it. Yeah. That's the way everyone did it. And then, suddenly, uh, MySpace and all this shit comes online and it's like, like, kids aren't picking up Metro Times anymore. They're no. not picking up any print media anymore. And it just became more and more and more obvious. And then, too, it was cool because my job as a talent buyer became easier and easier because I could do things like check your, check the MySpace jukebox. Mm-hmm. Like, you can look at all the industry things, the like standard industry things that people look at to uh, check uh, hotness and relevance and stuff like that. And but nothing beats the internet mm-hmm. for, for research. You don't need you don't need to pay for any industry shit at all to be an effective talent buyer. Mm-hmm. You just need to know what to be looking at: Facebook shit and YouTube views and stuff like SoundCloud. that. SoundCloud. SoundCloud,
2: yeah, yeah, SoundCloud, definitely a good one too. Yeah, I feel, <laughs> just feel like
0: so many people like rise from there. Yeah, they start yeah. coming yeah.
2: up on SoundCloud. Yeah, and it's probably pretty cool because you can see how many followers they have, how many views they have on each song. Mm. It's like it probably right. makes your job a little easier at least.
1: Yeah, yeah, I don't, I don't use SoundCloud too much. The agents do though right. to decide who to get.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: But um, yeah, SoundCloud is like where you you just do comparative. A lot of this is just comparative data, so you'll take an artist who you know. Does X amount of tickets and you just compare their numbers to another artist to gauge are they hotter than that? Are they not as hot? You know, that's a lot of the game. So
2: I got I got a good one. Okay. Right. I told you man. <laughs> This this one might be hard for you because you've been in music so long, but if you weren't operating music venue and you weren't in music, what do you think you'd be doing?
1: Wow. If I weren't in the music business, yeah. some
2: receipt papers.
1: <laughs> yeah,
2: right? Oh my god. <laughs> I knew it would be a hard one for you.
1: Yeah, is, that's a hard one. I've never uh, thought about that. <laughs> I guess coding? I mean, I, I would just be going for the money, I guess. Cause I would be very unhappy. and then, So I would just be going for the money. I, yeah. So whatever. I, I, a stockbroker? I don't know. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I, I, that's a good question. I'm completely stumped. <laughs> I, I guess I did... I I will admit I did think about it when I read an article. The guy who owns the, the what is that fucking club called the Neptune? There's a club in Seattle that guy the guy owns the hottest club Numos Numos. That's what it is. He he did an interview, and he was like, "Oh my God, we're all gonna die. We're all gonna go out of business. And what am I gonna fucking do? I don't. I'm just the guy who owns a bar." i'm not gonna code you know he's like and i was like code <laughs> you yeah. know but uh it did when i read that i was like yeah what the fuck would we all do right you know <laughs> I mean? like man when i talk to people they're like yeah it was either gonna be this or jail you know what i mean it was gonna be this or drug dealing this was gonna be you know like people doing this shit like they're, especially from my generation when we we were doing this this wasn't this had no future. You didn't really think, oh, yeah, I'm going to be a talent buyer. And then 20 years later, I'm gonna be, you know what I mean? You, you just were like, I'm going to talent buy it for now, <laughs> you know, as I hustle through the music business or whatever, whatever I'm doing, you know. um, So, so yeah, you know, it's it's uh, it, that's just kind of nuts. Um, what was the, the original question,
2: Oh, it was it was if you weren't uh, if you were oh, in the music industry, yeah, what would you be? Yeah. I, th- I think you answered it though. Yeah, just,
1: <laughs> God, man, you completely stopped. Me.
2: <laughs> this, that's that's how it is for a lot of like super passionate people. I feel like they're like, yeah. I why would I ever think about yeah, that? Because uh, oh, I'm, oh, I'm in wait, music. Wait, I love music.
1: Yeah. <laughs> and like literally, I mean, Griselda. I'm big into Griselda Records, and uh, um, my favorite MC right now is West Side Gunn. Okay. and when I listen to them they remind me of Wu-Tang and I'm just like all I can think is boy wouldn't that be great to get West High got at the pit you know what I mean like everything is just my whole life is like revolves around getting artists on that stage making shit happen for the staff you know what I mean just like making sure this place is like doing what it's supposed to be doing you know but yeah it's, it's it, that shit never changes just never changes so it'll be Griselda now it'll be someone who I'm like excited about getting on a stage down the road you know that shit never changes and and then my assistants keep me young because they're just you know 23 and 22 and 21 it, it keeps you like very passionate about new shit because you're they're so fucking passionate about it
0: yeah and
1: they're the ones that, like my assistant Nadine was explaining to me the significance of J.I.D. Yeah. Like, no, no, dude, really, you know? And then I, that gets me to listening to it and like, oh, yeah, okay, okay. I see what you're <coughs> saying, you know? Yeah, it's just, man, the shit is endless. The shit is endless. So, yeah, I can't, I just can't, mm-hmm. imagine. I just can't imagine. If if the shit went down, the worst happened. Like, this is, this is a conversation I've had with other people. If the shit went down, the worst happens, all that we're going to do is... Find a building and throw illegal parties. Like <laughs> the shit's not gonna stop because unless artists stop touring, then agents are going to call me whether mm-hmm. I'm retired or not, whether I'm out of the game or not. They're gonna call me to say, "Are you really out of the game?" You know what I mean? Whether you had the
2: blind pig or a or, warehouse down the road, or <laughs> my
1: dad's on my dad's couch again. You or know the blind right? fox. <laughs> <Sure>. <laughs> like, Well, does your dad have a basement? How many (laughs) people
0: fit in the basement?
1: Like, can you get a keg into the basement? Like, it's... uh, The shit don't stop because the... uh, There's never not going to be this biological urge to go see live the music that you enjoy. Like, that's just a fundamental fact of human existence. Yeah. You know, so there's no reason to stop. I called called the 930 Club. Again, I called Seth when this shit went down because I was like oh, my God, what are we going to do, you know? And Seth was like, I, and Seth had, I'd heard he retired. So, as I don't talk to him often. I, there's some cats you only call when you are in the shit. <laughs> like, so, I called him, and I was like, man, I think I'm, I think the job here is to just chill and wait, you know, and let the let the agent do their thing and whatever. And, uh, but I said, but I know you're retired. He's like, I'll retire.
2: <laughs> it's
1: like, I got shit. Oh, always got some shit going I'm like, yeah, that's, that's how we all are. That's how we
2: all
0: are. It doesn't, it
1: doesn't really matter if we're getting paid. We're going we're gonna to facilitate shows.
0: Yeah. That's awesome. What is something that anybody that's wanting to enter the industry, whether it's as a musician or um, as like a talent coordinator, what, what is something that they should know?
1: Uh, they should know that their reputation is everything. Okay. If you piss people off, you can't fucking forget it like that may, that shit may work with your girlfriend. that shit may work with your little crew of beta men who like follow you, but that shit don't work with me yeah and it's not gonna work with no one I know. So there's a ton of musicians who like not a ton that's there is a small minority
0: there's a handful handful
1: yeah. of musicians who are dicks, right and who have a sense of entitlement and like feel like... I have no problem with someone thinking they're the best. Like, hey, more power to you. But, um, but walking around with no humility and not understanding that we're all in this together. Like, your success is mine, mine is yours. Like, the club can't exist without you. You can't exist without the club, you know? It's all symbiotic. Like, you gotta know that shit, you know? You can get way further being cool, knowledgeable, and learning from your mistakes. You can get way further with less talent. You know what I mean? You can be marginally talented, but be a cool motherfucker and be on top of your shit, do what's expected of you, and um, you'll be supported. Because people will like you. They'll want you to be in the game. They'll, They'll give you every opportunity to not suck. You know what I mean? But conversely, you can be wildly talented and just be impossible to deal with, and that shit will catch up with you. It'll ca- and, and more today than ever more today than ever nobody's got to tolerate a dick anymore. Yeah. fuck you that's <laughs> going to be the universal response so chill chill the fuck out be patient do your thing work help you I think that's uh, you like, um, do your thing and fucking uh, like we're all in this together Like, and you'll go very far and if you're talented and you move like that, I mean, forget about it. Like, if you're just a cool person and you're working and you're hustling and people see that your focus is on the music and making your music, if you're a musician, if you're if your focus is clearly on your music and making your music the best it can be, the industry reacts to that and, and you just try to stay on your game, the industry, the automatic response is to support you.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Especially if you're good. Especially if the shit is good. So, yeah, that's the thing to remember. Like, also, if you're a musician coming up and you are scared, like you feel like, oh, I got to get a manager. I got to get an agent. I got to, you know, I got to get a publicist. You know what I mean? You haven't even played two shows and you're thinking about getting an agent. You know what I mean? (laughs) Understand no one's fucking with you until you can make them some money so just never mind all that <laughs> never mind unless you're making money you can forget it the days of somebody picking you up putting you on a six week tour when you're nobody are over <laughs> right? so don't even worry about it do it all yourself until I always tell bands when you can headline in five major market, not major markets just five markets if you could headline in Toledo Detroit, Grand Rapids Lansing, Ann Arbor if you can do that by the time you can do that The industry will find you, you know, you don't got to worry about finding an agent. They'll find you because you'll be a band that can make some money. Mm -hmm. And cats will come at you like, Hey, I can, I can make you more money. You know what I mean? But they're, they're not coming (laughs) until they know you're a product. Mm -hmm. You are, you are a product that generates revenue. So relax, relax. That's my advice to musicians. Just fucking relax. Have a good time. Stay on your Ps and Q's, develop on your own. Don't waste all your fucking time looking for industry. you that's just like that's just a, a silly endeavor, you know? And and you that's time better spent throwing a fucking house party. Mm-hmm. Getting your 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 crew like more hype about you. You know what I mean? Just just party and have fun and do your thing and we'll find you. These agents, to this day I don't know how they find these artists so quickly when they're they'll be just hot <laughs> for the just spark and there's a fucking bidding war for it you know what i mean there's i remember when iggy azalea was unknown in america and i was researching asap rocky when he first started and then youtube had like a suggested clip and it was uh, pussy by iggy azalea and it was like what the Fuck is that? I was like, I'm calling agents, like, do you have any of I'm like, what the fuck? And like, I want to marry this woman. <laughs> and and, uh, and uh, it came back, it was funny because it came back. They were like, yeah, we looked at her, but she, she doesn't do live shows. She's terrible at live shows. So Ooh. we're not fucking with her because she has no future. And that, that was like, grizzled industry agents were like, nah, we'll pass on.
2: She's, she's doing pretty well now
1: well she she <laughs> did she skipped they were right because she did she skipped the, the kind of a club circuit. she went right to like thousand cap rooms mm-hmm. and then immediately tried to vault into arenas like she wasn't interested in touring so much yeah mm-hmm. she wanted to make loot when she was out touring so you know but they they were kind of right because her approach was did not work you know in the end mm-hmm yeah, she had she's had at least three tours cancelled. Oh wow. Because of ticket sales. Because the, the artists know, like the agents in the game know, like you in order to be a Wiz Khalifa, he put in the work. He toured relentlessly before mm-hmm. anybody heard fucking black and yellow. You know what I mean? He had been out. Mm-hmm. Ben had an audience, been selling out shows, like working religiously. His mom fucking there are stories about him, man. <laughs> His mom used to drive him from Pittsburgh to Detroit for bullshit gigs where it was just like, yeah, you and a thousand other rappers on some Monday night fucking show right. for nothing. And his mom, he'd have his fucking moms drive him out. Like, there's cats like that. Cats like that. <laughs> like, you just want to support them, mm-hmm. especially when they got talent. I mean, it's like, oh, my God. And when we, you know, I heard, when I heard... um Deal or no deal. It was like, well, this is obviously talent. Then you're like, well, and he's got Peter Schwartz fucking with him. And Peter Schwartz does not fuck with just anybody. So the kid must have that that thing that Peter likes, you know, that commitment. So, you know, that's just how it all works. This is how it all works. So there's a there's a certain comfort you can take if you're a musician, like as long as you're good and as long as you're a nice guy and you're and you're diligent about you're serious and diligent, other people see that and they want to help you. Mm-hmm. you. know, If they see that you're just a flake or you're you know, a weekend warrior, nobody has time for that. You know, you're never going to be something that makes anybody some money so they're not going to get behind you. And there's too many people who are desperately, wildly trying to make it happen. So there's just no time to waste like that. And then if you're industry, again, you just have to literally smoke some pot produce some mushrooms or some peyote, go out in the fucking desert, spend some time dreaming up your dream gig in the industry. The shit that you think is literally the pinnacle, the the best job you could possibly get, all right? (laughs) Identify what company that is, right? And then go kick the fucking door down and be like, yeah, I don't know shit, but I'm here, you know? I guarantee you, everybody, the the receptionist, everyone in the fucking place will be like, Kids got balls. (laughs) Just like (laughs) me. (laughs) Especially when you're young. The younger you are, the better because, like.
2: You see rappers at like 14 coming up nowadays. Yeah. It's crazy. Right. It's crazy. I'm
1: I'm talking about industry, though. I'm talking about people who want to be in the industry side of things, whether that's record label, publicist, talent buyer. Mm whatever club owner anything that you can dream up this the the thing about the music industry is that everyone in the game like we all got here just through fucking sheer balls and stupidity you know what (laughs) i mean it's like we didn't know any better that's how we got here we didn't know how dumb it was to go for this you know because we were young and, and just full of passion so like those are the people who are now in charge of all these fucking companies that you look at like oh my god you know They were just like you, you know what I mean, and just scrapping and fighting. When I um got the gig at Prism Productions, like I say, I'm I'm talking all this shit about booking tours. He knows I'm full of shit. He knew the moment I opened my mouth, he knew I was full of shit. The thing was, I was in a band that was working really hard in Ann Arbor, and so he recognized from the band that I was about it. You know what I mean? That well. I books, you know, my company throws shows. This kid is in a band and he's serious about his shows. He promotes his shows really well. So therefore he knows how important that is. And da-da-da. you know, so I'm getting the gig for other reasons, but if I don't come in and kick the door down,
0: I'm not getting that gig.
1: They don't, industry people don't put out ads. You know what I mean? They just wait for real motherfuckers to come at them because those are the ones you feel like you can really go somewhere when, when the guy who is now in charge of all media and shit at, at Majestic right now, when he was working for me, he literally called, he graduated cum laude from Western and had just graduated. He had, he had worked on one show with me in Kalamazoo, just one. And he called me after graduation like, yo, I just wanna work there. You don't have to pay me. I, I'm gonna live in Rochester in my girlfriend's attic. <laughs> and I'll just drive to Ann Arbor every fucking day, you know. And I was like, well, okay, <laughs> you know, what the
2: fuck am I supposed to say to that?
1: No, you know what, <laughs> what I mean." So that's that's sort of how it is. So he gets his foot in the door, and I I'm just like, "All right, do this, do do this, and this, and this, and this." And then you start, then I start to rely on him. Then he becomes essential, you know what I'm saying? And then he becomes hella valuable. You know, and that's just how we all get going. So, so really, it starts with you coming up with an idea of what you think the dream gig is in in the music industry, and then just literally going and busting the door down. They'll probably, at the very least, be like, "All right, just 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 wash my car." All right, let's see how good you watch my car. You know what I mean? <laughs>
0: like,
1: your spirit is what will get you through. Your this, your your whole the passion. Like the whole industry, man, the the OG agents and stuff. There's this cat, Frank Riley out at High Road Touring. He's just an, I don't even know this man, right? But the way he books his bands and the way he, the care he takes with everything and the, the, man, you just know this guy just, he can't literally do anything but this, right? So if you feel the same, if you feel like I was born to be an agent I know you know what, you know, where a band should be. I just feel like I know this, you know what I mean? If a person like that kicks in Frank's door in Sausalito, California, I'm sure he has an immaculate office, right? If you kick down the door, he's gonna recognize your spirit and be like, I gotta fuck with this kid. Like he, he came all the way from Detroit. <laughs> he came all the way from U of M just kicked my fucking door in (laughs) I called the cops (laughs) but I had to bail him out of jail you know (laughs) what I mean it's like that it's like cause you don't you don't see people like that all the time in this game you just people are too timid and we and so you know that way and we like I say I'm not quitting obviously I'm not quitting my gig anytime soon so if you don't kick down the door I mean I'm not leaving so you I have to be pushed out (laughs) This is someone has to come in and, and, you know, I always imagine like one of the people I bring up will finally, I'll just be like, okay, kick me out. I'm ready, kick me out, you know? But nobody's leaving voluntarily. The people that are in the game on the industry side when I came in 20 years ago that I had to interview with and stuff like that are still in the game, are still above me, you know what I mean? I'm still the
0: new guy compared to them, you know, so. Yeah, it's, it's on and on, man. That's wild. It's way bigger than, than me. You know, so. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. All right, so some uh, some fun and off-topic questions real quick. Uh, so what is your hometown?
2: And by that you mean? Oh
0: where did you, you spend the most time as a,
2: a <laughs> kid in your youth? Where did you spend oh, the most time?
1: I, I, my parents were
2: kind of gypsies, man.
1: So I, like, literally from preschool, preschool, first grade, second grade, third grade, fourth grade, fourth grade fifth grade, sixth grade, I lived in a different city oh my god I don't really have like a childhood home yeah so I always consider Detroit kind of like my home because I settled there after college but then you know I've Ann Arbor is where I've spent the majority of my life right now I've been here since I was 27 so okay. I've never been anywhere that long
0: so. Nice. so what's the what's the best restaurant
1: around here Mickey's block down the street yeah I'm into sushi, so that's oh. the best sushi I'm aware of. Okay. Want to hit that on the way out, Joe? <laughs> <though? laughs> it's like a block that is the best. Oh, man. Sushi, but, but you got to like do carry out,
2: you
0: know? Yeah. Oh,
1: yeah, Shoot. We do carry out, you know what I mean? That's mm-hmm. how good they are.
2: Mm-hmm. Shit.
0: All right. What? Well, is there a hangover recipe? Uh, yes, the Fleetwood, a block. <laughs> uh,
2: <laughs> I, he
0: told me about that on the way here. He's like, yep. Yeah.
1: Greasy food, so, you know, the ultimate 24-hour greasy spoon
0: diner. We literally drove by, and I told him that, because we were... Yeah. I was here last summer, and I was at uh, one of the clubs down here, yeah. uh, live, I think. And, uh, yeah, it was, like, fucking 5 a.m. We, yeah, right? we were all just real hammered and walked back went Man, to the Fleetwoods.
1: woods. Pig, Pig, we got, so we got Mickey oh, right so there. Good. So after sound check, you go hit Mickey. <laughs> and then you walk, like, two blocks that way to the dispensary. Yeah. Right? <laughs> we had, like... Oh, we had one of the first dispensaries in the state, the legal one. And then you go to, and you know, then you go get some Fleetwood, you know, oh. and you're, you haven't walked any more than five blocks in <laughs> total. <laughs> so I love that. I love
2: that. <laughs> That's awesome. So I feel like you might have a pretty cool one for this. What's the most thrill-seeking thing you've ever done?
1: I don't seek thrills. <laughs> That's the thing. I don't i just not I don't seek them all. just shit happens to me, you
0: know. <laughs> Alright, last question. Mm-hmm. Always always gotta ask the guests this one. Mm-hmm. Do you have any good or crazy ghost stories?
1: Uh, you know, from I went to Olivet College. So China. everyone at Olivet knows that ghosts exist. Like we all come in as freshmen not believing in ghosts. <laughs> But then we, uh, there's a, like, the, the, the female dorm is built on a fucking cemetery. They literally just put the headstones in the cemetery across the street. It looks like there's a cemetery across the street yeah. from Dole Hall. It's just the fucking headstones.
0: All the bodies are underneath the territory. All the bodies are
1: underneath Dole Hall.
0: Holy so shit. So the whole
1: goddamn thing is haunted as fuck. And everybody knows it, and any, and so the young, the, the freshman fucked with Ouija boards and stuff. Yeah. Oh, get man. fucked with constantly. They, I remember I was an RA, and like we, it was, it's literally so bad. There's like a, um, a professor there who just goes around doing exorcisms and stuff. Like it's, it's serious shit. And then, um, so you were an RA? Nah, no, I was an <laughs> RA. Yeah. I was an RA, and I would tell people, just don't fuck with Ouija boards because people have these crazy freaked out experiences every time. So just do yourself a favor. Like this, we're fucking haunted as fuck. Don't fuck (laughs) with that stuff. And these kids, they inevitably, you know, go to the oldest building on campus and do fuck with Ouija board books coming off shelves and stuff. Like, yes, I believe in ghosts. (laughs) Shit is real, shit is real, just don't. Be, be kind. I think it's like the music business. Don't fuck with ghosts. <laughs> and they won't fuck with you. You know, that's, that's what
0: I yeah. All right. Well, it's been a pleasure having you on the show.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's just fun.
0: Where can people find you? Blindpig.com? Blindpigmusic.com. Blindpigmusic. Yeah. What and are your socials?
1: My, uh, what is the social? I don't know. I don't know what the social is for. Blind, Instagram. Facebook is Blindpigmusicaa. Instagram. Yes, I think Instagram might be the same.
0: Or I think it would be uh, a two or a squared. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: So uh, yeah, that's where you can find the Pig. Me, just I'm just Jason at GoodshowLive.com. That's my company. Uh, the Pig prides itself on we really try to accommodate every band that calls. It's like we, we try not to pull nobody off. You know, it's all. It's it was better when there when it was phones and everybody was phone. Now like emails pile up mm. so people yeah, I get back to people slow and they think I'm blowing them off but like really we're it ain't about the tours for us it's about the local music no matter how many sweet fucking shows play here it's
0: all about the local music for, us. for sure all right well thank you for your time yeah thank you guys This has been a pleasure all right that was good